Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Claire O'Sullivan podcast. I'm going to start by saying a massive thank you to everyone who has listened to the podcast so far. I appreciate each and every one of you. Um, if you are enjoying it, please continue to share um, to share it with your friends or with anyone who you think will benefit from hearing everything that we talk about here. Um, so today we are going to be talking all about sugar, um, something that I get asked about an awful lot. So today we're going to answer some of the common questions and maybe dispel some of the myths around sugar. So we're going to start off by defining what is sugar. So the most familiar sugar to us all is going to be table sugar, um, and that is sucrose. Um, and sucrose is made up of two simpler sugars, which are fructose and glucose glucose. You will, you will find um, fructose and glucose naturally occurring in fruit and veg as well. Um, there's going to be other sugars that we're going to see in foods such as corn syrup, high fructose corn syrup, honey, um, lactose, which is our milk sugar um, and other syrups as well. Um, but during digestion, all of these sugars except lactose, they all break down into fructose and glucose, those two simpler sugars that make up table sugar as well. Um, so when people ask, um, is sugar bad for you? So the thing is that sugar isn't just a single thing. It's not just any one thing. Um, and it isn't bad for you in the context of an overall healthy, balanced diet. So asking the question, is sugar bad for you? It's an oversimplified question and it can't be answered without a lot more context. And you can't say if sugar is going to be really good or bad for a person unless you're looking at the whole diet um, that that person has. Um, sugar gets a bad rap and it's often over demonized. Um, you can't just blanketly say it's bad. It's not cause and effect bad for you. I suppose with it, um, the poison is really in the dose, like a lot of things. And when people are saying things are good and bad and foods are good and bad, often um, they're oversimplifying it by saying something is bad um, when actually we need to be looking um, much more in depth at what's going on for that person to say if sugar is going to be good or is bad for that person. Um, also, um, people ask me all the time, is fruit bad? And the danger in people demonizing sugar is that they will also demonize fruit. Um, and while fruit contains sugar, um, it also contains fiber, it contains water, it contains really important vitamins and minerals that are so, so good for our body. Um, and eating an apple or a banana, it's not the same thing um, as eating the same amount of sugar from table sugar. Um, they are two very different things. Even though an apple is all is made up of fructose and glucose and table sugar is made up of fructose and glucose, um, they are not the same thing. Um, and you're going to get a lot more vitamins, minerals, water and fiber from an apple um, that you are not going to get from having table sugar. Um, so we can't just say blanketly that sugar is bad and okay, therefore fruit is bad. Um, 
And people often ask questions like, um, is three bananas a day too much? Um, is two apples a day too much? Should I stay away from fruit altogether? Um, and like these things depend and we're kind of asking the wrong question here. Um, so we need to look more in depth. Okay. What are your goals? How active are you? Are you tracking your calories? What else are you eating? Um, you can't just say like two bananas a day is bad for you if you're not looking at the person's diet overall and what else they're consuming. Um, so in terms of a recommended sugar intake, like having a set sugar intake, a set recommended sugar intake, it's not so relevant. So when you exercise and when you exercise a lot, the game changes completely when it comes to recommendations. So if you are an athlete um, who's training for the Tour de France, um, your recommended sugar intake is going to be very different for someone who is sedentary and barely getting 2000 steps a day. So there aren't clear lines on how much sugar is enough or how much sugar is too much. Um, it depends very much on the person, on their activity levels, on their goals, on their diet overall. Another thing that people often ask is, should we re should we use reduced fat products um, as they contain more sugar, such as like the light mayonnaise or um, the light milk or the um, reduced fat cheese? Um, and the thing is that not all of them actually do contain more sugar. People, um, I think, have this assumption. So while some of them do, some of them do contain sugar, more sugar. Um, in comparison to the full fat option, not all of them do. Um, and whether we should or should not use reduced fat products, again, depends on our goals, depends on the rest of our diet. Um, can't just blanketly say yes, we should or no, we shouldn't without like looking in more detail of what, what's going on for that person overall. Um, people also often ask, are added sugars the devil? Um, so the thing is that added sugars, they're not very beneficial. They do not give us much in the way of nutrition. If we are thinking of the likes of jelly sweets and Coke and seven up, um, sugary drinks, sweets, biscuits, cakes, those kind of things. Um, they're a good source of energy and a good source of calories. Um, they're tasty, um, and they're not so filling. So if someone is really struggling to meet their daily calorie needs and they're just not getting enough um, calories into them, those foods can be quite beneficial for getting a lot of calories in quite quickly. Um, uh, however, um, we'll say if we're consuming an awful lot of them, they can really um, add to our add to our daily calories and maybe lead to weight gain if we're consuming too many of them. Um, however, these things, they're not harmful in moderation. Um, they're not necessarily bad for us in moderation. And if we have an overall healthy, balanced diet, um, so added sugars, these are carbohydrates that are added to food and beverages during their production. So really, when we think of like sugary sweets and we think of um, pastries and we think of sugary drinks, that's what we're thinking of when we're thinking of added sugars. Um, this type of sugar, it's chemically indistinguishable from naturally occurring sugars, um, but the term added sugar is 
um, it's used to identify sweetened foods that have these um, carbohydrates added to them when they're being produced. Whereas like fruit is going to naturally contain sugar. It's not added. Um, and I suppose the thing with um, those added sugars, again, it's going to be moderation that decides whether like whether or not we can consume these they're not going to be harmful in moderation in the context of an overall healthy diet they can be handy for someone who has really high calorie needs if they're exercising loads as a means of getting more calories in without feeling really full um if you are trying to distinguish on food labels how do i know if something has natural sugars or added sugars so you will generally see on a food label it'll say total sugars and it'll generally say um the sugars that are naturally present and then there'll be a section for added sugars as well so the sugars that are naturally present that is going to be like the sugars in milk the sugars in fruit the sugars in veg and then the added sugars the ones that are going to be added in to make it nice and tasty for consumption the main food sources of those added sugars it's going to be your sweetened beverages baked goods desserts sweets all of that good stuff um why are these a problem sometimes well they do contribute to they do contribute extra calories to the diet um and they provide little in the way of nutritional value. So eating an apple gives us a lot of nutrients. It gives us some sugar, but it gives us a lot of nutrients alongside that gives us some fiber as well. Whereas eating sweets gives us a lot of sugar, but not much good stuff, no good stuff really in terms of nutritional value. Um, and if you choose sugar, sugar laden foods instead of more nutritious foods, you're going to miss out on the important nutrients and vitamins and minerals. So if you decide I'm not going to eat, um, I'm not going to eat any natural sugars, I'm only going to eat added sugars, then you're missing out on all of the good stuff. Um, you're getting the sugar and you're not getting any of the good stuff. Um, so sweets like we'll say wine gums, for example, um, they are not going to give you any vitamins and any minerals, but they will give you the sugar and they can contribute to weight gain if you are not monitoring your calorie intake and your calorie output. Um, and they're very tasty and really hard to stop eating. Um, and they're also um, a major factor in tooth decay. So why is there so much stigma around sugar? Um, so the big reason is because it tastes so good and we tend to consume more calories more easily from it. So we can't really control ourselves around it um, because it is so, so tasty. It's been loaded into our diets and lots of people consume a way too much of it and it leads to weight gain and it leads to health problems. And there's a way more sources now um, available in the shops in comparison to years ago. Um, so that's why it gets such a bad rep. It's not um, it's not the sugar's fault. It's how we behave around it that is the issue. <laughs> Um, so how is sugar broken down and stored in the body? So if we are to think about, okay, we eat sugar, um, it's not turned to fat as soon as it's absorbed in the body. People say that eating sugar close to bed is bad because it'll automatically be turned into fat if you don't burn it off, but that doesn't actually happen. Um, eating sugar at 5.59 p.m. versus eating sugar at um, 6.01 p.m. 
it's still the same. It's still going to have the same impact on the body. It's not a case that you can't eat carbs after six or they're going to have some crazy bad effects after six in comparison to if they were eaten before six. Um, they don't just automatically turn to fat. So how does that process actually work? How does the body store fat? Um, so it's very inefficient, actually, for the body to turn carbs, um, a.k.a. sugar, to body fat. When we eat excess calories, we will gain body fat, um, but the body will turn the fat that we consume from our diets into body fat rather than the sugar or the carbs, because it's easier for the body to do that. So we'll say we eat excess calories beyond what our body actually needs to maintain our current body composition. Um, and the body will choose to turn the dietary fat that we've consumed to body fat over the carbs or the sugar, just because it's more efficient for the body to do that. That does not mean that dietary fat makes you fat. It does not mean that eating sugar makes you fat. It's we've consumed too many calories more than we need. And just preferentially, because it's easier, the body will turn the actual dietary fat to fat before it will turn sugar or carbs to fat. Um, and that is just because the body likes to be efficient and likes to do things the easy way. Um, people often say that sugar causes obesity, but the thing is, it's not as clean cut as that. It's not cause and effect like we eat sugar that causes obesity. Um, if you're consuming sugar, but your calories are in check and you're not over consuming calories, you won't gain body fat and it won't cause obesity. Um, people say things like sugar is addictive, um, but the truth is that it's not. It's not a physiological addiction or a dependence, but there are addictive like behaviors associated with it. People might feel like they're addicted. They feel like they don't have control, but it's not the same as like it's not the same as an alcohol or a drug addiction, um, even though there might be similar behaviors where people feel like they can't actually control their relationship with it. Um, and we'll say if we are to consider like a sugar addiction versus an eating addiction. So your body has like your body has the ability to remember how food made you feel. Um, dopamine can be dopamine can be released when we eat really tasty food. Um, however, this food is rarely pure sugar. It's often a mixture of really tasty fats, really tasty sugar and, and salt. And that, that makes the cocaine of the food world. That's what gives us that bit of a dopamine release. We remember how good and how tasty that felt. And the body remembers how it made us feel and it will encourage us to seek it out again. Um, and that's where those maybe addictive like behaviors come about because it's so tasty. It makes us feel that bit good and the dopamine is, re is released. Um, we'll say if we are thinking of about true addictions, though, when someone is addicted to alcohol or drugs, um, the widely agreed upon solution for that is that they abstain and then over time they'll get withdrawals and they will, we'll say, improve and they won't be addicted anymore. That's a very simplified version. 
However, with sugar or with food or with eating addiction, um, we don't want to make the person feel overly restricted. That doesn't tend to work in the same way as it works with maybe go, going cold turkey with the like of, likes of cigarettes or um, with alcohol. Um, so it's it's quite different how we will treat things because if we create a really um, restricted diet, um, it can lead for people to build a very bad relationship then with um, with food. Um, often what we find works better for people is maybe just bringing more control and bringing more moderation to things. Um, so if we are to think, when is sugar actually useful? So sugar has its place. It's very useful for people who are struggling to eat enough calories. If they have a very high calorie output or a poor appetite. Um, if you are an athlete and you have a huge calorie demand because of the activity levels that you're doing, you're going to have to make sure that you are replacing the calories that you're burning so that you can continue to fuel yourself. Um, if someone's very, if you've got a frail elderly person um, or a cancer patient or someone in a care setting, and they just have a very poor appetite, maybe because they're feeling nauseous all the time, um, then getting some very calorie dense, tasty foods into that person is going to be really beneficial for them um, so that they are not like in a calorie deficit when they need to be optimizing their recovery and need to be making sure that they have have the energy that their body needs. Um, so it definitely has its place. Um, and it's not something that we need to avoid. We just need we just need to make sure we have a little bit of moderation with it and that we're not consuming um, non-nutritious sugary foods in place of nutritious foods. Um, by no means do we need to be avoiding fruit and veg. If we are really over consuming fruit and veg and in a huge calorie surplus um, from consuming away too many apples and bananas, then maybe it's something that we look at, but often it's not the fruit that makes people go into a calorie surplus. Um, often it's whatever else we are consuming that's also very tasty. Um, the only foods that we really need to look at avoiding in our diet, it's going to be trans fats. They're the only foods that are actually shown to be non-beneficial and harmful for the body they're the one thing we need to watch out for we don't need to be really restrictive when it comes to sugar and we don't need to be scared or trying to reduce all fruit from our diet and all sugar from our diet moderation really is key and think of sugar in the context of a balanced diet in the context context of your whole diet not just um not just looking at it in isolation and labeling it as bad um because it's not if it's consumed in moderation so that is all i wanted to speak to you guys about today i hope that was helpful and i cannot wait to chat to you all in the next episode